In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth and all that was in them, there were no gates and no doors. Adam and Eve, the first sheep of the Lord's flock, could come in and go out and find pasture freely. They ate of all the trees in the garden except one, and the Lord walked with them in the cool of the day. They didn't even have need of gates or doors for their own bodies. They were naked before God and one another, and yet they were unashamed and undivided. But then the first thief, the serpent, climbed over into the Lord's sheepfold to steal and slaughter and destroy. He accomplished this not by overt violence, but by deception. He concealed his true intentions from the sheep as if by a door, the door of his evil heart. Deceptions create doors, and doors create divisions. The deception in the serpent's heart and words created a door in Eve's heart that divided her from God and from Adam. They ate, and their eyes were opened, but the door of their hearts was now closed. They quickly made gates and doors for their own bodies as well. When God pronounced the curse, he merely acknowledged the curse that they had already chosen. The curse that they had already chosen for themselves. A world of gates and doors. A world divided against itself. When he cast them out, he merely conceded to them what they had already sought. A gate closed against him and against the sheepfold of paradise, an angel with a flaming sword. But even as he did this, the Lord God was already preparing a way beyond this fallen world of gates and doors. He was beginning to prepare another altogether different door, the door of the womb. Adam knew his wife Eve, and through the doors of her womb came forth Cain and his brother Abel. There were now four in the Lord's flock. Abel saw this and desired to imitate the divine shepherd. But Cain instead saw the gate and recognized the power that came by the angel's sword. He closed the door of his heart and slew his brother, his rival, for attention in the Lord's flock. Then he left the land east of Eden and built the first city. That way he could create more gates and more doors, and by carefully controlling their use, he could divide the world into allies and enemies. With enough allies around him, he would never need to open the door of his heart and return to the Lord and his flock. Thereafter, cities and gates and doors began to multiply rapidly until the world was full of them. Every imagination of the thoughts of man's heart was evil continually. He desired nothing more than to possess the gates of his enemies. 
But amidst all these gates and doors, there remained some who still sought a way beyond. Even after most everyone had settled into cities and walled and gated them about to create kingdoms and empires, there still remained the nomadic shepherds, the spiritual heirs of Abel and the imitators of the divine shepherd. For them, the many open spaces of the land remained like a well-watered paradise blessed by the Lord. They recognized the necessity of gates and doors, but they led their flocks in and they led them out so they could find pasture by the Lord's provision. If they needed to protect their flocks by night, they would enclose them in a few brambles and lay across the opening themselves, a human gate closed against predators. It was from these nomadic shepherds that the Lord chose the first man to serve as the father and shepherd of his flock, Israel. By faith, Abraham sojourned in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. After the patriarchs, many of the Lord's greatest servants continued to be shepherds, including Moses and especially David, the anointed shepherd king of Israel. But David, too, was deceived into closing the door of his heart, and his fall led to the first great division in the Lord's flock between the northern and the southern kingdoms. David's successors proved to be more like the kings of the world, the heirs of Cain, than like Abel, the heir of the divine shepherd. Wars for possession of enemy gates scattered and slaughtered the flock for hundreds of years. But amidst all this, the Lord continued to prepare a way beyond. In the fullness of time, he found a new Eve, an immaculate virgin, the door of whose heart was completely open to the Holy Spirit. She cooperated fully with his plan to bring forth from the doors of her womb not just a new Abel, but a new Adam, the firstborn of a new creation, a new beginning for the Lord's flock. He would be the true shepherd king, the good shepherd who laid down his life to free his flock from a world divided by gates and doors. In laying down his life for the sheep, Jesus, the good shepherd, opens a new and living way. His own crucified and resurrected body becomes the way to a kingdom not of this world, a city whose gates are shut neither by night nor by day. Today, in May of 2016, the gates of the monastery remain locked, as do the gates of many churches, as well as homes and businesses, sporting arenas, schools. But let us remember that no locked door can protect the vulnerability, the nakedness of our nature. No mask can keep out the virus or any natural or moral evil that wishes to climb over and slaughter and destroy the Lord's flock. But let us also remember 
that he who is the gate is also the shepherd and the way, who knows how to pass through the locked doors, the locked doors of churches and homes, and most importantly, the locked doors of hearts. Today, on the third Sunday of Easter, he enters through all of these locked doors, and he says, I am the gate. I am the way beyond this world of gates. I am the good shepherd who will lead you there. Do not hold me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you, the Lord's flock, may be also.